Alright, simple procedure today, we talked about removal, and there's a lot that goes into removal, it's actually a pretty simple concept, but uh, there's quite a few rules, and I'm not sure 100% the way the best way to organize this, so I'm just going to blaze through it, talk about some of the rules, and then go over a couple of examples just to see how those rules actually interact. So there are several statutes that actually apply to removal. You have sections 1, uh, 1441, 1446, 1447, and 1448. And what did those rules say? Well, let's actually just talk about what removal is to begin with. So if a plaintiff has a claim that can be filed in both a state court and a federal court, then the defendant has the opportunity to hear the case in a federal court. And the reason for this is because it allows the defendant a say in where the case is actually heard as well. That way it's, so to speak, fair. It gives both, both parties an opportunity to hear a case where they want the case to be heard. So, for example, if a defendant removes, well, then it needs to be heard in a federal court unless if it's not allowed to be removed. So let's go over the process just quickly. So if there's a complaint, you don't want to answer the complaint. Sorry, let's say there's a complaint and you want it to be removed to federal court. Instead of answering the complaint in the state court, you want to file a motion of a notice of removal in the federal court and doing that will give the plaintiff notice that this case is going to be heard in a federal court instead. After that is done, then the plaintiff, and actually the defendant as well, uh, has the ability to remand and they can remand within 30 days. And that is just simply saying this case doesn't belong in federal court after it's been removed. Let's talk about the terms because the terms are, per, are pretty specific here. So if a court is filed first in a state court and it can be removed to a federal court, well then it's removed to a federal court and then any cases that don't fit that removal are then remanded back to the state court. If a case is originally filed in a federal court and those claims don't meet the federal requirements of personal well of subject matter jurisdiction then those cases are going to be dismissed so there's those that little bit of terminology that we need to make sure that we get right because that's how the courts use it what's the defendant forum rule or rather the forum defendant rule so a defendant who is sued in their home state may not removed sorry, a defendant who is sued in their home state may not remove to a federal court if the sole basis of the court's jurisdiction is based on diversity jurisdiction. So, for example, if a defendant is sued in a state court in Iowa, then the defendant cannot remove to a federal court in Iowa if that defendant is based in Iowa. And the reason for this is, well, the reason for removal is to take out hometown bias. And if you sue the defendant where they already live, well, then there's already no hometown bias because it's already there. It, they're going to be fine. So there's no purpose of sending that to a federal court. 
Note that this is only applicable to diversity jurisdiction and is not applicable to federal question jurisdiction. And the reason for that is because the courts want to be able to hear federal claims if they are there and allow state courts the opportunity, if available, for the states to hear state claims. So let's go for a couple of quick examples based off of this informed defendant rule. So say a person from Texas sues another person from Utah based off of a state law claim in Utah. Well, the form defendant rule says that you can't remove, the defendant can't remove this into a federal court. And the reason why is because a Utah defendant is being sued in a Utah court. And so there's no hometown bias. You can't remove. So say, add a little wrinkle, say the person from Texas sues a person from Utah and a person in Nevada in a Utah state court. Well, can the Utah person remove? The Utah person can remove, but can the Nevada person remove for the same claim? And the answer there is no. Sorry, I got that backwards. Sued in a Utah state court. A Utah defendant and a Nevada defendant. Can either defendant remove? The answer is no, and the purpose for that is that the Utah defendant is in Utah already, sued in Utah, can't remove, but also the Nevada defendant can't remove because even though they're out of state, they're benefiting from being tied to the in-state defendant. Another example is that the person from Texas sues a person from Utah for an issue arising out of federal law, and they bring the issue in a Utah state court. Can the Utah defendant in this case remove? And the answer is yes, and the reason for that is because the forum defendant rule only applies to diversity claims. Okay, last little wrinkle. So the person from Texas sues another person from Texas on a state law claim. The person counterclaims, so the defendant counterclaims against the plaintiff for a violation of a federal statute. Can it be removed based off of this counterclaim? And the reason for that is no, it's not removable because the foreign defendant rule applies to... Hold up, I just want to make sure I have this straight in my head before I say anything wrong. Oh. What it is is, based off of this fact pattern, can the plaintiff removed, remove for the counterclaim that the defendant is bringing? Because in that case, it's like the defendant's the plaintiff with the counterclaim. And the answer to that is no. Only defendants are allowed to remove, and as a result, that fact pattern is not allowed to be removed as well. Those hypothetical situations came out of the casebook. 
just want to make sure that I say that. It's the uh, Glennon Civil Procedure, a case book, the fourth edition. But anyways, let's go over one last case and to illustrate this example. This is Avis versus Emico Production Co. It was a case where there was oil damage, and ultimately this oil damage uh, caused the plaintiff to file a claim against the defendants. They stated several state law claims, but they also said they violated a federal law claim. And the defendants said, okay, well, based off of what you said, it's kind of vague, but we don't know. And so we're going to remove. And the reason why they removed then is because if you don't remove at that time, well, then you've waived the right to remove. So if you want to be in federal court, then you need to remove right away. So the complaint was a little vague, and so they removed because they wanted to make sure that they had the best opportunity possible. Well, the amended complaint came into the federal court, and it didn't look good for the defendants. So the defendants wanted to remand this case because the amended complaint only made state law claims. So the defendants said, wait, we can't hear this case in a federal court at all anyways. And the reason for that is because it's only making state law claims and there's no diversity jurisdiction here. So it can't be heard in a federal court anyways. And so removal was not an option. And so this case, as a result, was remanded back to the state courts. Let's just sum up everything quickly. What is removal? Uh, removal is where if a claim, a plaintiff's claim can be filed in both a state and a federal court, the defendant has the opportunity to remove as long as for federal question jurisdiction, they can remove any time regardless of their uh, the diversity of the parties or the amount in controversy. But when it, well, actually the diversity of the parties, uh, but when it comes to uh, state law claims within the same diversity, uh, they can't remove if they are sued in their home state. And that's really a very quick summary of how removal works. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.